0: Week 28 of the Aggressive Progressive podcast with me, Chris Hahn. I mean, another week of behavior that is out of this world. Last week, the president decided that he was in the middle of an impeachment inquiry. He was going to violate the Emoluments Clause by hosting the G7 at his resort. Now, He later pulled that back, but that wasn't even the craziest thing that Mick Mulvaney said at that press conference on Thursday of last week. No, Mick Mulvaney admitted that there was a quid pro quo with the Ukraine before later pulling that back. And we still have Republicans saying, yeah, you know, I, I really want to see more evidence that there's criminal behavior going on in the white house. This is insane America. Let's start the show.
1: We are now the defenders
0: of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. You and I, as citizens, have the obligation to shape the debates of our time. Not only with the votes we cast, but with the voices we lift. The people are looking for honest answers, not easy answers. The very word secrecy is repugnant. Clearly to And we are as a people. Not false claims and evasiveness and politics as usual. Opposed to secret society. But ours is a nation of the battle. Oath. Not the bullet and a secret procedure. As a
1: people we cannot afford to let any group of citizens or any individual citizen live or labor under conditions which are injurious
0: to the commonwealth. All right. So uh, before I get started on uh, my rant about all of this nonsense going on with Trump, I, I just have to call something out. I, I was on—I uh, was on Fox earlier, and right before I came on, uh, Devin Nunez, the ranking member of the House Intelligence Committee, was on the air. Spinning conspiracy theories and talking nonsense like I have never seen. I have to just talk about this for a minute because, you know, it used to be that the the intelligence committees were nonpartisan. They were committees where people sought the truth. And even if they disagreed, they stayed away from conspiracy theories. And this guy was talking about. Uh, this server in the Ukraine as if it was gospel handed down uh, by Jesus himself in the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, I'm sorry, it is dangerous for this country that this man is on the House Intelligence Committee. He is a joke. And if the Republican Party is going to have non-serious people in serious roles On the Judiciary Committee, excuse me, on the uh, House Intelligence Committee, you know, I mean, I think all Republicans should be concerned about this and all Americans, for that matter, should be concerned about this because we do need two parties. I mean, if you look at the Senate Intelligence Committee and, and Chairman Burr, who is a Republican, a conservative Republican from North Carolina who acts in a reasonable, measured way, you don't hear him talking about conspiracy theories, whether you like him or not. These are not positions that should be held by nuts, by wing nuts. And Kevin McCarthy is a joke in and of himself for allowing this to continue. So, you know, I'm on, I'm, I'm listening to this guy talking about the DNC server, which has been debunked. I hear him talking about the steel memo having Ukraine all over it. No, no, no. The steel memo talks about ties that the president's campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, may have had and others may have had to Ukraine. And, and I honestly frankly i don't recall it being even that and and frankly america the steel memo is it's irrelevant to the conversation if the president is asking the ukraine to look into something that bothers the president personally it's still a quid pro quo that is that should not be being used by a president's office to happen he is Applying the full faith and credit of the United States of America, the people of the United States, the full power of the office of the presidency to get information that only benefits him. Now, if you're okay with that, you've got real issues. And if the House Republicans are going to have a wingnut who thinks that's okay and is willing to go on television and talk about conspiracy theories, and yet he's still sitting in that very important committee. I I don't, I don't know what else, you know, that party's lost. And if you're truly a conservative in America and you have true conservative ideals on budgets and foreign policies, things that we used to argue about and debate, uh, and debate, you know, the role of government and what government's role should be. I think you need a new party. I think you need to disavow the entire Republican party if this is the way they're going to behave. Because let me tell you, I, I, I'm i a progressive, I'm not a partisan, but if the Democrats were behaving this way, spouting conspiracy theories, you better believe yourself that I would be out there pushing back against it. I, I This is remarkable to me that this is allowed to go on. And this is just, look, I honestly, you guys know, I do the podcast in the house, right? Um, I did the television hit uh, a little while ago. I uh, played with the puppy. Ate a little dinner, brought my daughter to her tutoring for math, which is working very well, by the way. Uh, and I said, "Okay, if this is still on my mind when I get back to record my podcast, I'll talk about it." And it was. By the way, I also tried to get Star Wars tickets and got locked out. And AMC did not fix my problem, even after I tweeted them. So, uh, for those of you who think that if you have a blue check mark, your check mark, your problems will be fixed, they they don't. They responded to me, but they didn't fix the problem. I This is going to be the first time um, since I was an adult that I will not be seeing Star Wars on opening night. In fact, this will be the first time since Return of the Jedi that I will not be seeing Star Wars on opening night. I'm going on the second night, which is actually the official opening night. You know, they do the Thursday night preview. But I'm going on a, the Friday night because I couldn't get tickets. Um... On Thursday night. And I'm very upset by it. Even though I logged in at the right time. When I was pressing the tickets. They seemed to be available. And then it wouldn't let me buy them. I was so annoyed. Oh my God. It took an hour. Uh, but didn't erase the annoyance about Devin Nunez. And his ridiculous behavior. Not just. By the way. Not just today. But Devin Nunez has been behaving like this. Since Trump has become president. I mean, we all remember his midnight ride to deliver documents to the president. We all remember it. It's ridiculous. You know, America, Congress's job is not to be the president's defender. Congress's job is to be the president's boss, the check on the president. This president, you know, when in the history of America have, uh, have responding to subpoenas been optional? I mean, this is what the courts are going to have to determine right now. The courts are going to have to determine if subpoena power is still something that Congress and the courts have. Because this president, and not just the president, you know, you might want to make an argument. The president himself doesn't have to um, respond to a subpoena. But clearly, people who work in the federal government must, including people who work in the White House. Now, if you're going to make some claim of privilege, make the claim. If you're going to make a claim of 50 Uh, amendment that you don't want to incriminate yourself, make the claim. But if you're just going to say no, then we have an issue here. We are in a constitutional crisis that needs to be revolved. I'm going a little too far. It's not a constitutional crisis until the Courts Act or Congress Acts and the president refuses to comply. So let's see what the courts say. But if the courts, which have been filled with Trump loyalists over the last three years, Uh, just roll over and play dead, we are in a constitutional crisis because we won't really have a republic anymore. We'll really have a monarchy because if the president can just say no to whatever he wants, then we really don't have law and order in this country. Meanwhile, you know, the guys putting people in cages at the border who are seeking asylum, which is by the way, legal. He's putting people in cages who are seeking asylum. He's going to his rally and saying, "We will have law and order at the border." But there's no law and order in Washington, especially in that White House, and it is ridiculous. If you look at the things that have happened the last, you know, 10 days alone. I mean, it, Richard Nixon's smiling right now because Richard Nixon looks great compared to this guy. This is some despicable, evil stuff going on that is un-American and needs to be dealt with by the Congress, and you know, I, I, you know, you see Mitt Romney over the weekend on Axios saying that he is, I, I mean, he, he more than deeply disturbed about what's been going on. You even hear Lindsey Graham saying, "If you show me a crime other than what's in the transcript," because I'm sorry, America. First of all, we haven't seen a transcript. We haven't heard the conversation, and I bet you both those things exist. Uh, we've seen the president's notes about what was said on that call. And those notes in and of themselves should be disturbing to most Americans. So, you know, I I don't know what Lindsey's waiting for other than the president to say it's okay to impeach him. But it is uh it is it's okay to impeach him, Lindsey, cuz the president doesn't really have the final word on it. The founders did. It's in the Constitution and you as a senator will sit as judge and jury over this man very soon. And hopefully you'll do your job and you'll put America first, which is what this president always likes to say, right? Put America first, Lindsay, over your career, over the president's love, over, you know, good tea times at Trump National, whatever's keeping you in his corner, Mr. Graham, we need to put America first. It's insane what's going on. Anyway, I got Janet Johnson coming up in a little while. Uh, Let me also tell you, I'm going to be at Politicon this weekend. Uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, and don't forget you could tweet me at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. And if you like this show, please tell a friend, please give it a review, especially if you're on iTunes, give it a good review for me. Cause a lot of these trolls on Twitter who would not have listened this far, by the way, uh, will give me bad reviews just because they don't like my politics. So if you like the show, you like my politics, give me a good review and tell a friend. And you know, if you have a question or a comment, tweeted at me at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. It's H-A-H-N. You know it because it's on this podcast that you're <laughs> you're listening to right now. We're growing every week. This is going to be our best month by far. Um, you know, you, I really do appreciate the support everyone's giving me here. And I'm going to continue fighting and telling you the truth as I see it. And you might not agree with me. And if you don't agree with me, that's fine. Um, you know, Tweet at me and tell me or shoot me an email. Go to my website, ChristopherHun.com. There's a way to email me there. But, you know, it seems like like this president wants to be removed. And I have put the date on it. March 15th is the date that this man will either be removed by the Senate, announce he's not running for re-election, or resign. Now, I think the... Announce he's not running for re-election is the most likely scenario, and, and I think that that spells trouble for the GOP because he's not going to run for re-election because he's getting too much pushback from Republicans, and even though those Republicans are going to be too cowardice to remove him from office, they're going to let him stay there, and they're going to say, you announce you're resigning and we will not remove you, and then this guy is going to destroy their party, which he's, by the way, already done. Okay, the party's already destroyed. It's his party now. It's It's not Mitch McConnell's party. It's not Lindsey Graham's party. It's not Paul Ryan's party or Mitt Romney's party or any of these people. It's Trump's party. Trump owns it. He will do what he wants with it. And knowing little Lord Falteroy like I know him and I've observed him, by the way, not just for the last four years, but for the last 30 years. You know, knowing this man... The way I know him, he will burn that party to the ground uh, rather than be thrown out of it. So get ready. It's going to get interesting. And that leaves it to the Democrats, right? So what's their option? You see that Hillary Clinton's getting into a spat with uh, Tulsi Gabbard. I don't know why she's doing that. That's the best thing that's happened to Tulsi Gabbard in this entire campaign. First time anybody's talking about her. Uh, you know, she gets a little bump here and there. She makes it onto the debate stage. She's at about 2%. I bet she should be at 4% next time. Meanwhile, Mayor Pete is climbing up. He's ahead of Bernie now in Iowa. And I, I think Mayor Pete's going to win Iowa. And, 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 again, I'm not endorsing any candidate. I do like Pete's messaging. I think if he's not the presidential candidate, he should be very much involved with the presidential campaign. I think he's got, um, Uh, he's good at explaining things to people. And I think he's found that center left lane in a way that Joe Biden thought he had. And I think, I think Mayor Pete, uh, is better at articulating it than Joe, even though Joe's been around for forever. Uh, and and whether that's good or bad, but Mayor Pete's right there. He's literally like a point or two behind Warren and Biden in Iowa. And then Bernie is about three points behind Pete. And, and, you know, look, Bernie at the debate, uh, last week. Fine, uh, looked good. Uh, you know, figuring he had a stent, and if some of you might remember, I had Mike Ravel on a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Mike Ravel was pretty happy he was getting a stent because Mike Ravel had a stent put in, and that was about fifteen years ago. And he says it was the best thing he ever did. It, it made him feel energetic and alive. Uh, but I think Bernie is still fading. I mean, he got the big endorsement from AOC, and that's great for him. Um, but I don't know that it carries him to the day. I think that. He's losing votes to Warren and Mayor Pete and Joe Biden. I, I think, look, in 2016, there was a faction of the party that just didn't want Hillary They had had enough of the Clintons. And I get that, and I respect that. And Bernie stepped into that role, and um, and, and he filled it, and, and people were, were very supportive of him. I think he still has a good core, uh, loyal base, and I think he could raise a lot of money still, so I'm not counting him out. So, you know, I know I've got a lot of Bernie Sanders supporters who listen to the show. Uh, I am not counting him out. I am definitely not counting Elizabeth Warren out. I'll get to her in a minute. But I think Mayor Pete's going to win Iowa. I just think I got this feeling. I just feel like he's in that. I'd rather be a stalking horse in Iowa. And this just comes from my experience in politics, right? If we go back, you know, the best examples are, you know, John Kerry and Barack Obama. Where were they at this point? They were pretty much where Mayor Pete was, maybe even a little lower down on the scale Uh, electorally. And I think when you're in Iowa and if you've got some good money and you're organized in Iowa and he's got, I think 40 offices in Iowa and he's got plenty of money to, to, to get him through Iowa. Uh, if you're well organized and you're right in that stalking horse position, as long as you don't get mean and dirty with the two people in front of you or behind you, you have a chance to win Iowa. And I just think he's the kind of guy that's a good retail politician. Of course, Elizabeth Warren is an excellent retail politician as well. Uh, So I think it's going to come down to those two in Iowa. And I think Warren's going to win New Hampshire. And that leaves South Carolina and New Hampshire and Nevada as the the early ones. And I really do think this year you've got to win Iowa or New Hampshire to be competitive. And I think if Biden loses Iowa and New Hampshire, it would be interesting to see where South Carolina goes. Right now, he's got a solid lead in South Carolina. I don't know. If that lead is going to hold, should he lose those two states? And I think his lead, you know, is based on the practicality of South Carolina voters who believe he's the best bet to beat the president. And if you look in the polls right now, that's that's true. Um, but I don't know. I think Warren and Buttigieg and even Bernie give a real contrast to this president. I just don't think – I think Bernie – I don't know. I, I think that Bernie's going to have a hard time. I think the heart attack hurts. And I think that Warren hurts. Um, I, I think that Warren does Bernie better than Bernie does. I think she's a more logical, a more warm and fuzzy Bernie. And uh, and we'll see. I mean, he had a huge rally in New York City uh, last weekend. And it was spectacular. And he was spectacular. And I, I think he was good in the debate. It was the most likable I've ever seen him in the debate. But I think that it's we're coming up on a time uh, where voters are going to start paying real close attention, and I mean I, I have the same problem with Warren and and uh, Biden. Less so with Warren. I think that I think Bernie and Biden are too old, and we're going up against this guy, President Trump, who, by the way, I don't think we're going to be going up against. I think we're probably going to be going up against Mike Pence or Nikki Haley. That's that's my bet bet. Right? Maybe both of them. Maybe it'll be Pence Haley or maybe it'll be Haley Pence. I don't know. I don't think it's gonna be Trump. And I think the Democrats have to understand that right now we know this guy is a, you know, a flaming train wreck and we think that anybody can beat him, but it might not be him. And we better be prepared to go up against Nikki Haley, who I just saw speak on Long Island, and while, you know, I found a lot of it partisan hyper-partisan, but I was picking up on it. The crowd didn't. The crowd loved her. She is a great politician. Not a good politician. She's a great politician. She is the only person to come out of this Trump administration that anybody has even the, the a, a an ounce of respect for. Now, I think the Republican Party might be too racist to nominate her nationally. I don't know, especially this Trump Party. But if she does win that nomination, she is formidable. And we need somebody that can beat her. Now, is that Warren? Maybe. Is it Buttigieg? Maybe. I mean, I think Buttigieg uh, matches up pretty well against Nikki Haley. I think that Warren does as well. But I don't think Biden and Bernie do. Uh, Two old guys. I I just, two old white guys. Uh, I I don't think it's going to work out for them against somebody like her. And I want to be prepared for Democrats to take the white house, because if not the progressive movement is pretty much dead, right? We're going to get eight years of Trump, Pence style nominees to the, to the courts. Uh, You know, that it'd be pretty hard. I mean, I know RGB is, is a workout queen, but she's had multiple situations where she probably should have retired. Now Um, we're going to have real problems if we don't, take that white house back with a progressive uh, in the next election all right so stick around i got janet johnson joining me uh, right after this break hope you're enjoying the show be right back joining me now my political soul sister janet johnson you know her you love her you watch her on cnn and hln she's a fantastic voice of reason on both of those channels janet how you doing Whoa, Chris!
1: I am. Uh, I'm like I have vertigo. It's today, today, every day, it's just insane.
0: It is dizzying the pace that yeah. this news is going on, and I've been asking my callers tonight. Like, is it so much that we miss some of it and we don't care? Are we desensitized to it? I don't know. I think that there's, uh, I think that the tide has turned and I am sticking by my March 15th date.
1: March 15th for what? What do
0: you think is March 15th? March 15th? The president either resigns, is forced out of office by a vote in the Senate, or most likely he announces he will not be seeking reelection.
1: Uh, yeah, I think it's the third one because I, I don't think he'll resign... Because he's too obstinate. I mean, I just don't think he has that much self awareness that it would be the right thing to do. Right. You know, no matter what, at any price. I don't—he he might be removed. I mean, that could happen. I, I, think
0: it, I think it gets more likely every day. I think that today was a day that it seemed very likely. I mean, you got Republicans on the—129 on 129 Republicans in the House, not the Senate, yeah. in the House, yeah. where they're crazier than crazy. 129 yeah. of them joined with Democrats to rebuke the president's Syria decision. And I think that's what well, set them off with Nancy Pelosi.
1: Well, what I—and what I think, and I'm not hearing it yet, I just read Rachel Maddow's book. So I see a conspiracy— It's mind-blowing, by the way, that book. But I think if there's a connection, which I suspect there is, between the Syria decision and the Ukraine phone call and all of this sort of self-interested, not interested in the country, but just trying to help himself, I think he cut some deal with Erdogan, and it goes back to something with Putin, and it goes back to his, his business deals. And if that was what caused him... To make a military decision, then even Republicans. Oh
0: yeah, they're going to have to look. He has a hundred investments, over a hundred investments. Trump and his family have over a hundred investments in Turkey, including Trump Towers, which Erdogan was there for the ribbon cutting of. Yes. yes. So this I mean, it's not far play. fetched to believe. You know, even if you read that stupid letter that they put out. I mean, first of all, I don't, I can't believe the White House put that letter out.
1: It's embarrassing. It's, it's, it's like he wrote it
0: in crayon. Um, wow. And somebody typed it up for him. It At the end of it, it says, I'll call you later.
1: Oh, yeah. I, when I, Somebody tweeted that. And I thought no, they're just mocking him, right? Because you wouldn't set that, that, you know, in high school, you might send that to your friend in your class, right? You wouldn't send that to a, first of all, yeah. a dictator who is, you know, brutally <sighs> treating his, his citizens and committing, you know, the acts of yeah. know, war crime.
0: Yeah. The question yeah. that has to be asked is, so what'd you say to him later? Don't worry, ignore that letter. I just had to put it well, out for political reasons. Like, what did you say?
1: Right, right. And, and it, the one of the things is, I mean, there's so much, Chris, it's hard to even, you know, the fact that he wrote the letter is humiliating enough. But the fact that he is at this point surrounded and, you know, everything is a shadow cabinet. Everything's a shadow. Yeah. These are just people that sycophants that will allow this. He doesn't have anyone there now. Who will, you know, God forbid, now we actually know that Tillerson was the good guy, that, you know, John Bolton turns out to be the good guy. Yeah, right. Nobody's there now to say, you can't send this, Mr. President. No. This isn't how it's done. This is not appropriate. You can't say to the Speaker of the House that, you know, she'd like it if communists were in Syria and that, you know, she's a third rate politician. You can't treat. People this way.
0: Mick Mulvaney looks like a battered and abused spouse right now. When- well,
1: he's good. I mean, if you believe the Washington Post reporting, he's you know, going to look as bad as Rudy Giuliani in yeah. all of this. Yeah. I, I mean, this is the, you know, again, you and I, I mean, I'm, I'm older than you, but, you know, we don't, we weren't alive or that aware during Watergate. I, I think that having seen all the president's men quite a few times, yeah. this, this, you know, makes this makes Watergate look like you know slow moving, boring story. I mean, this is like a John Le Carre novel. You know, I mean, it's insane that he is as corrupt and as corruptible as I think you and I thought he would be. Yeah. But even in our wildest dreams, I don't think we we think we'd be here.
0: I think twenty nineteen. I think the people most happy with the Donald Trump presidency are relatives of Richard Nixon because Richard Nixon is no longer the most corrupt president in the history of this country. You know, and Richard Nixon had accomplishments that we still care about today, like, you know, the EPA. <laughs> we care about well, it. The Republicans watching, don't.
1: But, he's much the outrage about Ellen. I mean, I have to say, like, yes, I'm not a Bush fan. Obviously, I think the war was a terrible disaster.
0: Horrible. I'd but sign on the dotted line right now to trade Trump for Bush right now. Yeah.
1: That indignant about Ellen being nice to him. It just doesn't bother me anymore. Now, that you know, I will never say that about anyone named Trump. You know, to me, it'll go down the annals of history. Like, you know, you don't people named Hitler these days. Right. I mean, I don't think that the word Trump is going to be in polite society going forward.
0: No, I think that Trump is going to go down in history as, uh, I mean, look, he's replacing Nixon. I mean, it is going to be synonymous with corruption and graft. And I think we're only at the, even as bad as it is right now, I think it's the tip of the iceberg. And I'm waiting for, you know, I'm waiting for the real crimes. And these are real crimes, don't get me wrong. But I'm waiting for that real treasure trove of criminal activity. I'm waiting for somebody to come forward and just break and say here it is. I can't do this anymore. Somebody right. who's going to go to jail themselves, but right. wants to right. save maybe
1: a Giuliani. Even I mean, who knows? Although he doesn't seem that tuned into reality anymore. But you know, when you you know the news, when you watch the the news, I mean, you do see that once the whistleblower came forward. It gave a green light to people. I think that yeah. you can have courage and do the right thing. Even them saying you, you know, no, you can't go testify, even if you get a subpoena. Now that people are defying the White House and doing it, and nothing's happening to them, I think people will do it more. I think people were free yeah. to defy him, and now they realize he is he, if nothing else, even if the March 13th, is that our date? The March, March 15th, date? the Ides 15th. of March, Janet. Oh, that's why right. okay. <laughs> My that
0: well-read is, friend, Janet.
1: <laughs> I should have, I should have known. Even if it, that isn't the case, he's a lame duck, I think, starting now. Yeah. Uh, you know, he may get judicial appointments. I mean, that, that's. The oh, I,
0: I've been saying on my, you know, I've been saying the last half hour, uh, I think he's going to hold up judicial appointments because he's going to be mad at the Republicans. He's like, all right, Pat Robinson doesn't like me anymore. I'm not going to give him any of these religious right, conservative, nut judges, because he never believed in that anyway. So it was his pander. I
1: I think it's purely as a legacy, but he he did lash out. That was one of the Lindsey Graham things today, because Lindsey Graham, you know, we have all spent three years like, what happened to Lindsey Graham? Not that he was that great, but, you know, he is really bizarrely, it's sort of as bizarre as Trump's decision to take the, you know, 50 troops and move them out of the way so Erdogan can move in. Right. Lindsey Graham's also seems compromised the last three years because his behavior is so, you know, it's a 180. Yeah. where He was. But he, today, the dam broke with Lindsey Graham, right? I mean, Lindsey
0: was Graham was yelling far. at Donald Trump like, like Donald Trump was, you know, basically gave out his cell phone number, which is the last time Lindsey Graham yelled like this. <laughs>
1: right. Right. <laughs> Right? Well, and and then Trump's response is, you know, worry about getting some more judges. You know, that's that's what he thinks everyone should. Yeah, it,
0: that's almost like a threat. I thought.
1: Yeah. I yeah. thought it
0: was a threat that he's going to hold up the judges.
1: Uh, and, God willing.
0: Oh yeah. please, let him get into a fight with Republicans in the Senate so he stops putting judges on the bench for the next year and a half. That would be that would be awesome.
1: Well, that. <laughs> The weirdest thing i think about all of this i mean their political savviness is not you know turning out to be all that strong you know he tweeted out a picture of nancy pelosi doing this power move with all of these cowering yeah men.
0: he wanted you know, to make it, was, it seem like she was being outrageous she looked like she was she was she like all president. of the people on his side of the table had their heads down
1: <laughs> right she looked like the president you know so this is their political you know acumen at this point but You know, if he were smart and if he was surrounded by smart people and not getting advice from people in prisons and, you know, Steve Bannon, then I think he, you know, he would not be crossing the Republicans right now. This isn't the time to say no more foreign wars, which, by the way, this doesn't get said enough either. He's increased the number of troops in the Middle East. Yeah. He's not sent anybody home. Right. He just took the people who were working with the Kurds to keep ISIS... And there were only 50
0: of them. There were 50, 50, of, them. 50 of them, and they were not in harm's way because nobody was going to shoot at them.
1: No, now they are. Yeah. And by the way, what message does it send? The United States of America, I and mean, this is what he's saying today, is Turkey has a very mighty, you know, army. The United States of America has to cower in right. the wake of Turkey's army? I mean, there are people on Fox News which... You, the ISIS, you know, watch network. ISIS is going to get us all, you know, Barack Obama is the father, right? Of yeah,
0: they used to say Barack Obama founded ISIS.
1: Right. And what are they saying today? What do they say about this this week?
0: I Honestly, I don't know. I haven't been on this week yet. I'm on Friday. I was supposed to be on tomorrow, but I'm going to the Yankee game. So uh, <laughs> the Yankee game it. that got rained out tonight, which I was supposed to be doing. I was supposed to be doing. My show, I was actually canceling my show this week, believe it or not. It not was. my podcast, because by the way, the, Janet Johnson, you'll hear her on the Aggressive Progressive podcast this week. Uh, but I was, uh, uh, was going to cancel my live radio show this week because the Islanders were on on Thursday and I was going to the Yankee game on Friday. Excuse me, today. But it got rained out. And I was like, hey, let's go do the let's do the show. I mean, let's well, go. Well,
1: I mean, you can, you know, you got a shout out from was it Anderson Cooper?
0: I, I got mean, a shout out from Don Lemon. Don Lemon saying I'm I the mean, only you. person on Fox that tells the truth. That's
1: amazing. <laughs> well, there was another guy, <laughs> but he's not there anymore.
0: Yeah, I mean, Shep Smith. Well, he said Don Lemon uh, said the only one in primetime. That's telling the only way right. The only way, well, the, the only way um, Fox viewers are hearing this in prime time is because Chris Hahn brought it up.
1: It was, it was awesome. He said your name. It was fantastic. And I
0: brought it up, and it freaked them out. And like, then they decided I, I, to change the topic, and they start yelling at me about how it's just the president ca- cracking down on corruption. And I said, okay, well, answer me this. Name one other American. He's asked a foreign leader to investigate who's not running against him. <laughs> also, since
1: when does Rudy... Leoni, our investigator of corruption, right, right. Three amigos are the best. The guy from Dancing with the Stars is who we—that's the guy you send out to seek corruption. He couldn't remember three things.
0: I mean, could you imagine, like, if Obama sent David Axelrod after he left the administration to to conduct shadow foreign policy? No,
1: it would be more Barack Obama sending Rosie O'Donnell and you know Oprah. I mean, right. These aren't even competent people. I mean, Giuliani, of course. You know, who, again, who knows what happened? He was a competent attorney. That those days are long behind.
0: long gone,
1: long gone. He threatened Rick to sue me
0: for libel on national television after I repeated back to him what he had just said. <laughs> He's not well. He's not well. I said, Rick "You're a public Perry. figure and an attorney." He goes, "Yeah," and I go, "Well, then you know the libel laws." <laughs>
1: You know, and Rick Perry is, is not a member of MENSA. You know, no, he's right got a
0: degree in animal husbandry, and he's somehow right. the Secretary of Energy.
1: Right. I mean, he, which used to be a nuclear physicist, was in charge of that. Right. In the Obama administration.
0: Literally a nuclear I, physicist. I think it's always been somebody who is either a nuclear physicist or an electrical engineer or somebody who has some energy background in that <laughs> but, role since it, that it, department it, has been created.
1: It's it's crazy. I mean, that the best thing about all of this. And, you know, I saw someone say that, oh, you know, the Obama people like the John Favreau, John Lovett are all, you know, gleeful about what's going on with the Kurds and about all of this. No one's happy.
0: I'm not right? happy. It's awful. Right? I, I'm, I'm I'm sad people. for our country. I mean, our leadership in the world is now without a doubt in question.
1: Uh, if it's not, Who's if it's even, by the way,
0: even if it's even salvageable, I don't know if it's salvageable. I don't think the American leadership yeah. in the world, I think the American, I guess, century and a half is over. I, I, I don't think that we are now going to be the leader of the free world anymore. I just think it's Well, over. I,
1: don't, I don't know if there's a free world anymore. But I mean, if you look at, again, Maddow's points in her book, it all goes back to oil and gas and Putin. Yeah. And, you know, what's happening right now with the Kurds? Russia is literally moving into our base, you know, in Syria. They're taking our place in the Middle East. And, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist, again, or Rick Perry to connect the dots. That phone call immediately led. He is spouting the talking points of Erdogan and Putin. Yeah. We're abdicating our role, and this is exactly what Vladimir Putin and Talk about a third-rate country. Yeah. Russia had been relegated because the sanctions worked, because he, the mismanagement was, you know, the corruption doesn't lead to a great country, which we're learning here. And now, do, they're taking our place in the yeah. leadership. We have a year left. Will we survive it if he doesn't get relegated? I honestly
0: don't think we could survive another year, let alone another four years. I, uh... you know,
1: and I, to me that is almost the strongest argument you know I, we didn't have time you're almost almost out of our time to talk about the debate. There was a moment last night where I sort of thought I'm okay with Biden. I, you know I almost thought like key for my palate at the moment, He's sort of what
0: I kind of well, need. Let's talk about it for a minute. I got about four four and a half minutes left with so <laughs> you. Yeah, we got four, right. and, and we, you and I were both tweeting furiously last night. Yes, um, at each other sometimes. Yes, uh, but uh, but so I, I mean, to me, Biden in this de- in these debates haven't hasn't really struck me as ready. <laughs> you know. Well,
1: uh, yes, yeah. so there were times. I mean, I know he had a flub last night. He- Misspoke and mispronounced a word. And I mean, look, he wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed in his prime, right?
0: Right.
1: He had issues even before he was in his 70s. Uh, And I know that we've, the the floor is very low now for him. I mean, it's sort of like Trump if he doesn't, you know, throw up on people or, you know, wipe feces all over the wall. Right. He's presidential. But I felt that he was as sharp as he's been last night. Yep. And and I kind of, there was a moment where I, and I'm okay with any of them except for Tulsi, and I don't know what's going on there, but Warren sort of rubbed me the wrong way last night, and I hate to say
0: I it, think she should have just said, thank you for getting me those votes.
1: Well, that, <laughs> they were attacking her, and she wasn't as graceful under attack as I think she's going to have to be.
0: Right, right.
1: You know? and, and And the same for Mayor Pete. Also a little condescending. And I thought the two of them, you know, Cory Booker, Amy Klobuchar, I thought were great.
0: Yeah. I, first and of all, I, I love Cory Booker. I don't know why he's not catching on.
1: I know you and I were trying
0: to figure that out. I don't get it. Cause I think he's the guy, care. I think he's the guy we need right now. I really think whoever the next president is, needs to have soaring rhetoric that brings people together. And I don't see that yeah. from anybody but Cory. And it, yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's,
1: well, it, Mayor Pete is this, skilled politician he is a very
0: skilled politician and if he's not the nominee he needs to be running the campaign (laughs)
1: yeah right no i mean he has he and he's brilliant i mean he and cory booker have almost exactly the same resume although he has the military service.
0: and cory booker's been a united states senator and he was mayor mayor. of a major of a much bigger city frankly
1: right right the mayor of south Bend is not normally the path to the white house right um, you, you know, I guess if you, the, a haberdasher, I think is the closest we've come, and, um, you know,
0: Truman. Um, Even but, that haberdasher, though, had been a senator and a vice president right. before, he, <laughs> right. and a major in the army, By
1: the way, right. Oh, right. right. Uh, I to go he to
0: was also army. a haberdasher before gonna... World War II. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> but, uh, oh, no, I, sorry, I, World War One. <laughs>
1: right, right, right. Yeah. Right. But uh, I do. Uh, I think it's – here's my gut. I think it's going to be Warren. I I mean, that's what I see. And I I would like her to be a little – get a little bit of what some of those other people had, a little more humor. You know who was surprisingly engaging last night? I I don't like –
0: I know what you're going to say because I read your tweets. <laughs> he was, right? Bernie? Yeah. Was. Bernie, first of all, you felt for Bernie because he just had a heart attack. You were expecting to see some frail old man. He looked better than he's ever looked, actually. He did. He looked I, fantastic. I, I, he, he did. His coloring, and, and, yeah. Yeah. And, and he was engaging and he was funny. And it was, you know, it was good. I don't, I don't think it's going to be Bernie. I don't think it's going to be Biden. And I don't think it's going to be Warren. So... I, I think that Iowa's going to change its mind real soon on those three. Ben, I I don't know a- if it's going to be Pete or Klobuchar or Corey, but I I or Kamala, <laughs> who I've always liked, who I think has really blown my mind how bad she's been the last couple of weeks.
1: You know what? I was going to say that. I thought she was very bad last night. I think that hitting for some reason it's Elizabeth Warren's fault that Trump is on Twitter. Yeah, I, I
0: mean, give me a break. That. First of all, you're not Twitter's not going to get rid of the president of the United States. Give me a break. The
1: Outrage was very manufactured. Yeah, very bad. V- and ve- she's so good. I, someone gave her bad advice. Yeah. It's a good thing to it's, do.
0: Well, I only have 20 seconds with you now.
1: Oh, oh my
0: uh, God. But we'll have you back again real soon. You are the best. Uh, Janet oh. Johnson, at Johnson Law on Twitter, America. And she'll be on HLN. You'll be on HLN Saturday morning, right? CNN Saturday. CNN! This is CNN. (laughs) Janet Johnson, thank you for joining me. It's always great to have you.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: That's Janet Johnson. Stick around. I'll be right back. All right, I'm back. No radio clip this week because, look, the news is moving so fast that uh, if I gave you a clip from the radio show, other than Janet, which was an interview from the radio show, You wouldn't make heads or tails of it anyway, because it's just (laughs) the news is just moving like lightning, because that's the way it is with this president right now, right? I mean, it is insanity on tap all the time. So here we are. Get ready for another wild week. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? You got, you know, you got Republican, conservative Republicans, as they retire, starting to say, yeah, I've had enough. Uh, This guy Rooney from Florida uh, was George uh, W. Bush's ambassador to the Holy See, which is the Vatican? Real conservative guy saying, uh, if this isn't impeachable, I, I'm paraphrasing him. I don't know what is. I mean, he, he's got a real problem with it. And then the day after he says that, he says, I'm not seeking re election. Uh, I really want a couple of these guys who are seeking re election to have kind of courage. And I want these 40 or so now House Republicans that are retiring to start speaking their mind in mass because we haven't seen enough of that. I think they're just willing to go quietly into the night and maybe get a job lobbying for ExxonMobil or something. I don't know what their deal is, but uh, I think that they need to start being honest. You know, they're still going to call you a congressman. Just go out there and, and, and do your thing and, and be honest with America and try to, to, to have a legacy other than, uh, other than the pin that you wore and, and the, uh, the office that you held, and, and you're not just there to win another election. Part of your job is to protect the republic, and you're not doing it. And if you're not willing to do it, I don't know what you're doing there. And I know I've said this before, but every week this becomes the thing that frustrates me the most in our republic right now is we have a party full of people who are just unwilling to stand up for the Constitution, to stand up for their own office, to have their ambition counteract the president's ambition the way Madison and the Founding Fathers intended them to be. And it's scary because if they don't start doing it soon, we may not have a republic to fight for anymore. And uh, I am uh, saddened by that statement. But the more I look at this and the more I see uh, you know, this kind of behavior out of members of Congress— It scares me that the founders never foresaw this. They foresaw a president gone rogue. They never foresaw a Congress of enablers. People who were just willing to put their seat in Congress above everything else and defend a man who is indefensible, who has trampled over this Constitution, who, you know, just Monday said this uh, fake emoluments clause. In his news conference. Uh, it's not a fake clause. It's in the constitution. It's there for a reason. And you are violating it. By the way. The other thing you could be impeached for. Is bribery. Okay. So let's be clear. And I you know, I, I want to just say this again. I want to know what was said on the phone call. With Erdogan in Turkey. That got the president to withdraw. Our troops that were protecting the Kurds. I want to know. He's got a hundred investments in turkey was he bribed was he bribed is he actively soliciting bribes around the world right now america we don't know we really don't know but he sure behaves like he is and that is it's scary it should scare us all and every member of congress regardless of party if they believe in this constitution if they believe in this country if they believe in their power that they have a power and a responsibility to uphold the Constitution, which means putting a check on this president. They need to be asking tougher questions, and they need to be demanding answers. They shouldn't be allowing this president to stonewall subpoenas. Lindsey Graham said in the 90s, the minute Richard Nixon refused to answer the subpoena was the day he got impeached. Well, they have been refusing subpoenas every week. I think it's time for us to all, you know, Call our members of Congress and say, you should demand the truth. You should demand answers. You should make sure that that president honors subpoenas. And if he's not going to do that, you should make sure he's thrown out of office. All right. I want to remind you again tonight and as always to seek the truth. Question everyone and everything, America, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there and I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast.